back with you. Joel Radio, been too long, I know. I know what you're thinking. But I got reasons today, I do, I do. Explaining my absence. Not that I'm happy about being away from you, my uh, loyal listeners, so thank you for coming back. It's Joel Radio. Let's tell you what's going on. What's going on today and what's going on in my life? I guess those are the same things. Maybe they're different. My life in general and today. Well, today, I'm going to tell you why I've been gone. And a good reason for that. And then uh, we'll do some other stuff. How's that? More normal stuff. Because it's got to be an abnormal thing for me to not be with you for, uh, geez, I guess July was the last time I did a show. July, maybe. And, you know, uh, wanted to do shows. Had a fabulous vacation that I can talk about on this show. I think I'll get to that at some point. But uh, really what happened was uh, my dad passed away. I lost my dad in August. Um, and, um, you know, look, I know that this show has been in a lot of ways in the last year and a half a lot of remembering those we have lost, like Corey Hall and Bill Hildebrand. Um, and those were huge losses for me personally. My my two best friends in comedy, uh, two guys who, uh, you know, on the comedy end, as a stand-up comedian, Bill Hildebrand, my mentor and, and closest advisor when it comes to that stuff. My teacher, as it were, and Corey Hall, my co- comedy uh, cohort and podcast partner and collaborator for years and years, both being gone. And now my dad, my <laughs> closest collaborator in everything else in life, the teacher of life, my father, passed away at 76 years old. Uh, my dad passed away after a very quick illness. Now, when I say quick illness, my father had Alzheimer's. Okay. He was probably diagnosed with Alzheimer's seven or eight years ago. Now, as a family, we knew that he was having memory issues as people do as they get older, you know, in his late sixties, we, we knew that, you know, he was not as sharp as he once was, but, um, uh, when he was, you know, officially diagnosed with Alzheimer's, those things started to erode slowly. Um, he had no, especially in the last couple of years, really no short-term memory. Which, you know, when you think about Alzheimer's, you think about, oh, people don't know their 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 wife and their family. And he actually, complete opposite of that. Never didn't know who I was, never didn't know who his wife was, knew who Layla was. Um, you know, really didn't have problems like that, but it was short term stuff. He couldn't watch television and enjoy it because he didn't remember what happened. 
Uh, my dad was one of the, the most voracious readers you will ever have seen. Uh, he was an unbelievable reader. I remember being a kid, and he would go to the, the library, the local library, and he read. He, would, he claimed, he'd come home with a stack of books and claim that he read the entire history section at the library. That was his claim. I don't know if it was true. That was a pretty big library, too. The one uh, by the house we grew up at and uh, grew up in. Um, he claimed he read all the history books. Um, and he would do that every night. And there was a point when he could no longer read and enjoy the reading because he couldn't remember what he had just read. Uh, obviously, he didn't drive for the last, you know, from his diagnosis shortly after he stopped driving. Um, stopped playing golf. He was he loved to golf, learned how to golf as a way to succeed in business. That's what he always told me. He said, hey, you got to learn to golf. Joel, you learn to golf, a business guy. A lot of business gets done on the golf course. And uh, I learned how to golf. Got sick of him yelling at me about golf <laughs> and stopped playing, although I did go to Top Golf recently with some of my, my comedy pals and had a good time. So it was a little bit of dad sneaking back into my life, picking up the golf club again. But, um, yeah, those things really went away for him, uh, and it was very sad. Although he was not sad. I mean, you know, he, he had anger. You know, sometimes uh, people, uh, Alzheimer's patients, can get frustrated about, you know, trying to accomplish simple tasks, and they're unable to because of their condition. And he had, he had parts of that. But, but generally speaking, my dad's life was, you know, very simple. He enjoyed eating and having visits from family and doing those things. Um, he, he did have prostate cancer, which we don't believe contributed to his death. Although I will say that the, the treatments, the radiation and hormone treatments for, um, prostate cancer did take a toll on him. Um, he was <laughs> ironically enough cleared. Uh, he finished his last radiation treatment and was declared cancer free in March of 2020, Literally the day that the world shut down due to the pandemic. He was declared cancer free. Yeah. So, yeah, he did not have COVID. Um, and, you know, aside you know, and, and physically, he really, uh, you know, he had lost some weight from the cancer treatments, lost a lot of weight, actually. And I think he was weaker than he would have been. The decline in him, the final you know, well, he there was a day where he, as I was told from his wife, Jane, that he could not get off the couch and that he fell. And physically, he could no longer walk at this point. And we thought it was all very strange because as bad as his brain had become, he was able to walk around and get up and down and go to the sofa and go to bed and do all the things you would do in your home walking around. If he went out in the last, you know, month or two of his life, uh, we would get him a wheelchair. You know, we would bring a wheelchair for him to help him a little bit. But he could still get around his house just fine. And when he couldn't one day, that was the first sign. And it wasn't more than a few days after that that he needed to be lifted in and out of his chair. Um, still knew who I was. Still uh, wanted us around and was very sweet with myself and Layla and uh, his family. 
and um, and eventually was in a hospital bed in his house receiving hospice care because it, it did not appear that his condition was going to improve. And not long after he passed, it took less than two weeks from the time he could no longer walk to when he passed. And he died in his home, surrounded by family, and um, very, very sad. But if you have to go, honestly, if I have to go and that's how I go, I'm all right with that. The, the decline of seven or eight years of Alzheimer's? Uh, fuck that. I don't want that. No one wants that. But to be surrounded uh, by loved ones and passing peacefully at the house is about as good as it, it could have been. I think I said this at his... Uh, we, we had a luncheon after my father's funeral, and I said some words, and I said, uh, whenever you hear... A guy died peacefully surrounded by my family. I always think that that's bullshit. I always did. And I still do. (laughs) Even though I watched it happen to my dad. I watched my dad go peacefully surrounded by his family. And uh, that that is a good thing. I I am smiling now as I remember how he went. As sad as it was. Um, I'll just... And this was an interesting... (laughs) This was... This is a very bizarre thing, too, and, and some of you may be listening and, and wanting to hear, uh, if you were listening for this reason, uh, I, w- I went, as my dad was ailing, there were uh, his, his wife and uh, her sister and, and some of uh, my dad's sisters, my aunts, were finding a long-term facility for him. We assumed he would recover and find a long-term facility, which we did find to care for memory care patients, because if he was not able to walk, he wasn't going to be able to stay in his home. Okay. And uh, the plan was he would be put into one of these in a week or so after finding it. They, They needed some time to get ready for him to arrive, but he would be taken over to this facility and he would live there. Um, at that same time, I was due to head to Ohio for the gathering of the Juggalos. And it was, it was very, you know, I, I felt very weird about going because I know my dad's not doing well, but I was assured that he would be in this facility. I would come home and then within a day or two, he would be in the facility and, uh, maybe he would recover or maybe he would just live out the rest of his time in this facility. So I went to the gathering of the Juggalos. I got in my car and packed. And I know it sounds horrible, my ailing dad, but I was assured by my family that, you know, you'll be back in four days and then he'll go into this facility. They'll be ready for him. And so with a heavy heart, I went. I did not want to miss my obligation uh, to work at the gathering of the Juggalos, something I enjoy doing. Um, a lot of people don't understand why I enjoy doing it, but if you've ever been to the gathering, I think you'd understand it is hard work, but it is rewarding. I enjoy working, uh, alongside the crew from psychopathic records and insane clown posse and, you know, the, the various comics we've had over the years, even though we didn't really have a comic lineup this year for budgetary reasons, we did not have a comic, but we were going to have a Chris Hansen seminar to catch a predator. And I was going to work that. So I, I go to Ohio, I pack up my stuff. Go to Ohio, check into the hotel, uh, and I'm immediately 
I get a call. Like, I haven't been in the hotel in 15 minutes even. And it's my brother. And uh, my brother says, uh, hey, just so you know, a nurse came today. And this is like, you know, I'm driving four and a half hours to the town in Ohio where this hotel is. And he says, just so you know, uh, the nurse thinks that dad won't make it through the weekend. You know, this is on a Wednesday. And I said, oh, my God. And I said, uh, he said, well, you know, you should probably come home. And I said, well, yeah, I probably shouldn't have left if I knew that. But, you know, the nurse didn't come until today. And we thought it was going to be all right. And and I said, well, I got to make some calls and and see. And so I called uh, Rob at The Gathering. You may know him as Jump Steady, Rob Bruce, who organizes The Gathering for Psychopathic Records. And Rob, I said to Rob, I said, look, I've checked into the hotel and I'm here and I'm ready to, to, to work tomorrow um, and this weekend. But my dad is ailing and apparently he will not make it through the weekend. They don't believe. Um, but I'm already here and I know that my job, you know, I'm running uh, stage managing. I'm running this stage, which is a big job at the gathering. There's only you know, a handful of guys that run the stages. There's probably like three or four of us. I think this year it would have been less than than usual, three or four. And I said, "Well, Rob, I really want to, you know, I I, I want to. I'm here. I want to do the gathering. I drove myself down, but you know, um, my family would like for me to be with him, and I don't know if there's any way that we can make that happen. And Rob, uh, you know, I will always love and respect his what he did. And he said, you know, go home, be with your family. He said, we got people we can cover for you. And I said, yeah, but I I don't want to." I don't want to put you guys out. I, I don't, you know, I, I enjoy working the gathering. I, 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 it's, it's one of the things that I'm most proud of. Uh, professionally is, is the work I've done over the years with you. And he said, go home, be with your family. And so I did. After being in my hotel room for less than 20 minutes, I got in the car and headed back to Detroit to be with my dad. In that was on the Wednesday. Two days later, on Friday in the evening, my dad passed. And so I will always, uh, and, and I hope the gathering went well. I know Rob checked on me, and I want to just, again, thank Rob and everybody at Psychopathic for being so great and so generous that I could come home. It was, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime emergency that I hope never happens again. I would love more than anything to be back at the gathering next year, and I hope that that happens. So um, sorry for those who I did not see, and I disappointed by not being there, but this was this is what was going on. That's what was going on. So poor timing. And, uh, you know, so no shows for a few months. And, I, again, I, I'm so sorry about that. I... I Really wanted to be with you. And I look, I could talk more about my dad. My dad, you know, he came over to America. I believe he was five or six years old. I he was eight years old. He was eight years old, I think. I think my dad was about eight years old and came over on a boat, not speaking any English. His, his father, my grandfather, had uh, moved uh, to America without his family so he could make money and get established and then sent for... The wife and the kids later, wife and three kids he had, my grandfather, including my dad. And uh, they ended up having a real nice life. And uh, he had a great life. You know, my dad, 
He really did. And that's the thing about my dad. You know, he died and yeah, he had Alzheimer's. It was sad. But my dad had a great life. I always say my dad was the funniest person I knew. My dad really was. You know what you think, Joel? Oh, you're a comedian. You, you know, you must be the life of the party. You must be the guy everyone's happy to see. It's not really the case. But with my dad, it was. My dad was the guy. When he walked into room, everyone was happy to see him. He always had some funny line. I mean, he had a lot of sock lines. My dad was sort of known for having using the same, the same hacky shit lines over and over that he learned at these business dinners he would go to. But it worked for him. He made something out of it. Me, I was too shy. I could not. I could not behave like he did. I could not walk into room and crack wise on everybody and throw out old lines. I was too self conscious. My dad could do that, and everyone loved him. The guy, the, the guy that ran the funeral home said to us, he said, uh, well, first of all, you know, they, they, they give you this, this room for the visitation. And they expanded that into another section. So there were three sections of this, like half the funeral home. They just kept tearing the walls down because so many people wanted to pay respect to my dad. So that was awesome. And, uh, you know, said it was the biggest turnout for any funeral since the pandemic. I guess that's good. You know, you get that many people in a room and you worry about, you know, in a pandemic, what could happen. But, you know, we were safe and everything. I didn't hear anybody got COVID at the, the wake, the funeral. So that's good. Huge turnout for the luncheon, like I said. Did the luncheon. They had to pull, pull up some extra tables for the family. We were the, we were the last ones to arrive. We had nowhere to sit. It was unbelievable. So I want to thank everybody, uh, uh, you know, through this time, especially uh, my stepmom, Jane, uh, who did such a great job caring for my dad, my brother, Larry, who came in. Uh, he lives in Atlanta and he uh, came in uh, and, and got to spend his last days with my dad. That was really cool. And of course, Layla, who I love so much. And, you know, Layla might talk about my dad. We're going to have Layla here in a minute, I think. So um got it. Give a shout out to Layla for keeping me uh, keeping me going, you know, we're keeping each other going. My dad and Layla really loved each other, even though, you know, we only Layla only knew him when he had Alzheimer's, uh, but he really loved her. And then um, they had a great relationship and I'm proud of that. So, uh, all right, now I'm getting real sad. <laughs> I was doing OK. I was doing all right. Now I'm real sad. But I also got to talk about that because I think that's enough to, about my dad. I, dad, I, you know, I could go on and on about my dad. I don't know if it's germane to the show. It's certainly not funny. <laughs> it's certainly not entertaining in the way that I would like to be with the rest of the show uh, in general. And again, you know, but look, it's a pandemic. We've all probably lost somebody, whether it be to COVID. I mean, my losses... You know, Corey, Bill, and my dad, none of them had COVID. They didn't die from COVID, but it, it's, you know, it, it's just a very tough time in the world right now. And I really enjoy doing the show, And uh, but knowing I have to come on and talk about someone who died makes me not want to do that. And, you know, being a podcast that I produce... You know, there's no paycheck being held up that, hey, if I don't do the show, I don't get paid. It doesn't matter. I don't get paid anyway. Um, 
there's no gun to my head forcing me to do it. There's no co-host like Corey to say, hey, we really need to do a show. It's just me saying, hey, can I talk to you guys about what's going on in my life in a funny way? And I just couldn't. Um, You know, it's been two months and I probably took a good three weeks before that. Uh, and granted, I had vacation at that point, too. Uh, but, you know, it, it's. It's hard to do this show. Uh, this show was built around, you know, being funny, talking about things that we enjoy, uh, sometimes uh, making fun of things that we don't enjoy or I don't enjoy. And uh, I'm going to keep doing that. But, uh, you know, to talk about my dad in a reverential way, as I've done now for the last 20 minutes, is very difficult. So I appreciate you coming back. I appreciate you listening. Now I'm going to transition to another topic, but it's another person who died, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where this goes. Now, granted, this is not somebody that was close to me, but uh, again, the unbelievable outpouring for Norm MacDonald uh, was really incredible. I mean, it is just unbelievable. Norm MacDonald was a guy who, to a lot of people, I think in the general ethos in, in the world, was sort of the guy who uh, was, you know, the SNL uh, weekend update anchor. And he did that and, and was good at it. He was great at it, actually. Made a couple movies, was a guest in some of other people's movies. Uh, some people would see him on talk shows and they enjoyed that. But to a lot of people, Norm MacDonald was uh, almost like a C-list comic. To a lot of people, he was, um, you know, uh, washed up. But what you saw and in, in what you heard, and, and maybe me more than other people being in the business of comedy, was how Norm MacDonald was a genius. How he was one of the most brilliant and gifted comedians that ever lived. And I agree with all of that. Um. I was lucky to have the privilege to see Norm MacDonald perform at the Comedy Castle. And this would have been, I guess, in, in, in either 2012 or 2013. And I can't, I can't remember what year it was, but it was one of those. And Norm came into town and did a bunch of shows at the Comedy Castle. It was awesome. So funny. Really enjoyed seeing Norm. It was, I mean, great crowds. I mean, I, I would not say that Norm at that point was selling out. Every single show probably sold out at least, you know, the big Saturday night ones and, and maybe the one of the Friday shows, if not both. But certainly it, it was a thrill to have him because I was a big fan of Norm on SNL and especially on the talk shows. And that's the thing that you saw so much of on social media was all these clips from Conan and and, uh, you know, the Tonight Show and Letterman and all these places where Norm was was real funny. And, of course, Norm did his own shows. He did a YouTube show for a while, an interview show, talk show. He did one uh, very briefly for Netflix. I don't know if his health was ailing at that point. But, uh, but anyway, Norm came into Comedy Castle, did some funny shows. Um, I had the privilege of having dinner with Norm MacDonald, actually. After one of the shows, he said, well, where can you eat after the show? And I said, well, you know, most places in this town will be closed for dinner. They're bars and it's hard to have a bite to eat somewhere. And he said, well, why don't we just, uh, he said, I've been taking this taxi and this taxi sucks. He said, why don't you just take me around and we'll go get some dinner. And he had his opening act with him, who, whose name I forget, but he was a, he was an SNL writer. So he was a funny dude too. 
He he. I remember him not being much of a stand-up. Norm's opening act, but he was a great dude. He he was working on his stand-up, but Norm was kind of pushing him out there, saying, "Hey, you're opening for me now. I'm gonna try this comedy thing." But when Norm went out, had some dinner at this place that was, you know, it was one of those late night diners. It wasn't like great food or anything. It was one of the only things open at midnight. And, uh, you know, some some guys in there, some local kind of, yeah, I don't know what you call them. I, they weren't hooligans, but they were they were party guys. You know, they were they were Saturday night guys going out to get some breakfast or, you know, a hamburger after the bar. And they see Norm in the booth next to him and they come over. Oh, it's you. You know, I think they knew he was from Saturday Night Live, but I don't think any of them knew it was Norm. <laughs> I think one guy called him Adam Sandler at one point, which was great. <laughs> but they knew he was Norm. They knew he was famous. They knew who he was. That's the thing about Norm. He wasn't everybody knew who he was, but he wasn't a household name. But those that knew his comedy would have said he's brilliant. He's, you know. He he knew a lot of old jokes. He would he would openly tell old jokes like they were new and tell them well. And that was always funny, the street jokes Norm would tell. And then he would have other I don't know if this is this is my I didn't hear a lot of people telling this one or sharing this Norm joke. So I'm gonna give you my favorite Norm joke that he told the comedy cast over that weekend. Uh he said, uh my wife, I'm gonna try to. I'm trying to not do Norm, but it's hard to not talk like Norm if you're gonna talk about Norm McDonald uh, and do it. And I don't want to do a bad impression of Norm, but I, it's hard to tell it as myself. So I'm gonna tell it a little bit like Norm. And he says, "Huh." My wife said to me, "How about we try role play?" And I said, "Okay, I'll be the pizza delivery man, and you be anybody but you." One of my favorite Norm jokes right there. Anybody but you. Men and women. What's man's fantasy? To be with anybody but their wife. <laughs> I mean, that feels almost like a Henny Youngman joke, or at least as the, 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 the seed was there. Um, Norm was something else. And I, I apparently he had cancer. Didn't know that about Norm again. He said, he, he you know, in the press releases, Norm uh, was struggling with cancer. Uh, for nine years, which means probably when I saw Norm, he may have known he had cancer. I don't know. He didn't seem ill to me. Um, I did see some later appearances, like more recent appearances in the last uh, couple of years where he was on Howard Stern and, and Norm looked, did not look like himself. He was bloated probably from steroids, probably gave him the prednisone to help with things. And that makes you kind of blow up there. But always funny and, and really one of the geniuses. And I remember years ago, I don't know if somebody asked me this. Maybe I was a guest on somebody's show and they said, who are your favorite comedians? They said, who are your favorite comedians? People always ask me that as a comic. Who are your favorite comedians? And I always kind of go like, you know, I like everybody you guys like, which really isn't true. But you try to placate people by saying, yeah, I just like, who do you like? You like Seinfeld, Tim Allen? That's who I like. Yeah. George Carlin, Richard Pryor, that's who I grew up with. Those guys were the best. And that is true in large part, but, you know. So so for some show, or maybe it was even my show, I said, here's the three favorite comics I've ever seen. And I meant by uh, seeing, meaning I've seen them live. 
in in the cases of two of the guys I opened for him. I never opened for Norm, but I'd say Norm McDonald, Bobby Slayton, who I've opened for, and Gilbert Gottfried. Those are my three favorite comics. The three guys that made me laugh more than anybody else. That was the three. The big three for me. And if you think about Norm and Bobby and Gilbert, that there's there's something there. There is a some some thread that runs through their comedy. We well, they're very different, you know. And uh, Norm's low energy, Bobby's high energy, Gilbert's weird. But you know, Norm's weird. And uh, you know, they're all dirty, which, you know, hey, that works for me. <laughs> uh, but Norm is gone and it's very sad. But the outpouring for Norm, I mean, I guess that's what I'm talking about, it maybe more than my own uh, feelings personally is that um, the outpouring for Norm, I don't know that I've seen for like a comedian. I mean, Richard Pryor and, 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 and when he died and when George Carlin died, they were these giants. They were these icons. And while people missed them, I think in a lot of ways, people just missed that their celebrity status and sort of their figurehead as these, you know, top of the pyramid guys. The Mount Rushmore of comedy prior Carlin. But with Norm, it was genuine love, genuine respect for what he did. And it's almost like, well, where the fuck were these people when Norm was alive? <laughs> you know, it didn't seem like people felt like me about Norm. It didn't feel like people uh loved him and enjoyed his stuff as much as I did. But people did, and that's great to know. It's great to know. And I hope he knew that enough when he was around. And and he certainly didn't translate to money for Norm in that way. I'm sure he didn't, you know, he didn't miss any meals. But, you know, um, you know, uh, Steve Harvey's got, you know, <laughs> giant mansions and, uh, you know, nothing against Steve Harvey, but Norm's way funnier than him than he'll ever be. So rest in peace to Norm. You were one of the greats. Pleasure having dinner with you, buddy. Pleasure getting to see you when I did perform. Great shows. Unbelievable talent. All-time, an all-time legend. An all-timer. He's an all-timer. My dad, all-timer. All-time great. All right. Well, speaking of all-time greats, here she is, Layla. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? I was talking about my dad, talking about Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. A lot of sad stuff. A lot of sad, I know, and I feel like here's this show where it's like, hey, guess who's dead this week? It's my dad. It's Norm MacDonald. It's, well, you're alive. I am. Yeah, we're talking about my dad, and my dad, and I said already that my dad really liked you. Yeah, and I he, loved him. Yeah. And he, I mean, he loved you. Let's be honest and say he really liked That's selling it short. No, I know what you mean. (laughs) But even, you know, like in his last weeks, you know, it'd be like, oh, you sit here with me. And he would tell you that. Mm -hmm. And And if you wouldn't act right to tell him and he'd get you in line. Yeah. He liked that you kept me in line. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Uh, He was laying in bed in his hospital bed in his house. And I said, well, let's bring Layla in to say hi to him because he'll probably wake right up and be back to normal. But didn't happen, unfortunately. So. No. 
Yeah, it was very sad. And, it was a rough, um, rough couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and again, you didn't get to see my dad, you know, when he was himself, sort of. Right. Um, But, you know, you still had a very nice relationship. We had a good relationship. And he and loved you a lot. Yes. Yeah. And I loved him a lot. Mm-hmm, and and I still do. Yeah. And I think about him often. I do, too. I miss him. Yeah. I wish I could talk to him, but I can't. Yeah. I, he would have been, you know, even in his... You know, maybe not at the end, but, you know, in the last year or two, it might have even been good to have him on this show. Yeah, he, I think about with his that. little one-liners. Yeah, he'd be he'd be <laughs> funny. I mean, you'd have to let the audience know, like, hey, yeah. just so you know, yeah. <laughs> this guy's, you know, having I, things. I still laugh when I think about it. It was like either the fir- was it like the first or second time I met him and he called me a hooker? Oh, uh, yeah. He, <laughs> I, he had those. He would say he would say inappropriate things. Due to the dementia yeah. and do, you know, he would always like, uh, he's like, he would always tell, like, he would tell his wife, Jane, you know, well, you better do this or I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. You know, but like in a very funny in way. Funny I mean, way. he didn't own any guns. He never shot anybody. No. He was in the army. But aside from that, I don't right. think he ever shot a gun in his life. Um, you know, and then he had the, the really, we always talk about the waiter. Yeah, oh my and, God, you know, the, the waiter. Knife. Yeah. The way, <laughs> you know, so he would, he had. He'd like a Coca-Cola with dinner <laughs> and he's having his Coca-Cola and the waiter was trying to be on it and come over and refresh the drinks. Mm-hmm. And my dad was talking or something or he wasn't paying attention because he was a little, you know, off. and the waiter being nice grabs his Coca-Cola. He just like swooped right in it. And, and took my, it. my dad grabs the steak knife <laughs> and like held it up, points it, didn't, didn't like. He didn't hit the guy. He didn't come close to, like, stabbing the guy with it. But he, like... And I think the guy had even turned his back and left yeah. at that point. But we all were cracking up because he's like, oh, and God, he's going to stab the waiter because he took his Coke. <laughs> and so since then, he never had a knife. Yeah. We kind of kept that out yeah. of his hands. But, uh, you know, so much fun stuff. I mean, and he was, yeah. like I said, when he had his marbles, he was... I already talked about it here, but he was one of the funniest guys ever. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of old lines and stuff. But And you he know. carried those on with him. Oh, yeah. Those never left. Those did not. For everything you forget with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Those old lines and stuff, he really, you know, yeah. I know you're crying. I'm it's okay. Okay. We don't want to cry. No. Because, we, you know, we were supposed to come back, do a show about our vacation. Yeah. And, and we never did. A lot happened right when we oh, came my back. God, so much happened, but we had a great, and we got to talk about movies and stuff. But yeah. but let's talk about our vacation very quickly because yeah. we went somewhere where I had never been. Neither, no, neither of us. Um, and kind of always wanted to go to. It was mm-hmm. one of those kind of legendary vacation places you always hear about, Miami Beach, right? And we went. We did. Stayed at the legendary Fountain Blue Hotel. Yeah. In Miami Beach. So you don't know the Fountain Blue. This was, I think it was built in the 50s. This was Frank Sinatra's favorite hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where Elvis did his first performance after leaving the army. He went with Frank Sinatra and did his television show right there from the hotel. It is still uh, considered one of the most, well, it's the largest hotel in Miami Beach. It's huge. It's considered one of the most glamorous and nicest hotels still in Miami Beach. Um, they've redone it many times. It was actually in, it's funny, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but um, it is in the movie uh, Goldfinger, where the lady gets, we watched that on YouTube. Do you remember that, where Sean Connery shows up at the Fountain Blue? No. And the lady gets painted gold. That's the Fountain Blue Hotel. Nope. Miami Beach. Well, Don't I Don't remember that. But we saw James Bond, and they shot James Bond at Miami Beach. Yesterday they did? 
No, no, no. It's a 60s James Bond. Oh. Yeah, Goldfinger. But I told you, I've never watched you it. You haven't, but they shot one at the hotel we stayed at. Okay, but how, did you You said you showed me a clip? We did. Before we went, Yeah, we you had to show me. No, 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 no. You went and found all yes. of the little movie scenes that had this yeah, it was in hotel the movies, in it. Yeah. And we had to watch that. I didn't. I still didn't watch like the, the you know, like the bird cage was shot there. Uh, Police Academy Five was shot there I partially. Love, I didn't know the bird cage was. See, the, and and the thing about Fountain Blue Two is that it's been redone over the years. Yeah, it's now very modern, but the old part of Fountain Blue still looks the same. And then there's because we actually stayed in the Tresser Tower. Is that the newer part? That's the newest tower. The kind. Did we ever actually go into the older part? Sure, that's where the main lobby was. Oh yeah, we just like and the spa and that was attached to the old part. Yeah, so we we would walk through there. Walked through, and they had that bar, which is which we didn't even got to get a drink at that bar. It wasn't. Um, how do I say this? (laughs) Well, I was gonna say, and maybe you find the words. Maybe this is gonna describe it. I was talking about, you know, it's still a celebrity spot today, mm-hmm. you know, even now. And this is where uh, there was the Rolling Loud Music Festival, which we, we got there on a Sunday. So it was the last day of the Rolling Loud Music Festival, which is a giant, maybe the largest hip hop festival in America. Yeah. In the world, perhaps. And this was taking place in in the city of Miami itself. But it seemed like uh, the performers, a lot of them. And a lot of the fans were staying at Fountain Blue Miami Beach, including, from what I heard, Floyd Mayweather was staying there. Chris Brown was having his after party the night that we checked in there at, that at party. the Live Nightclub, which is like a big nightclub where Kendall Jenner will go there. And, and stuff we when she's almost thought about going. Remember? We did. Yeah. We thought about. Yeah. It. I think when we saw who was there, we thought. Nah. And then for like, it was like, what, like $50 a person? Yeah, it's like a $50 cover. But I mean, if it was Chris Brown's after party, we were getting into that anyway. Um, And then we ran into. (laughs) Ready for this, guys? Yeah, we were trying to get in. We were trying to get in the elevator. Yeah. And, you know, it was the Tresser Tower, which is like the newest, nicest tower. And I'm oblivious to a lot of things. Yeah. So you hit the button and then these these elevators, you know, I think there was four elevators for Mm -hmm. that tower. They could, you could wait a little bit for them. It was yeah. a busy time. And, you know, we hit the button and the <laughs> elevator comes and we try to get in and Layla there's a. starts walking right in. Yeah, and, we start walking right in as you do. Yep. And a, a large security man it just raised his hand. Yep. And said, you cannot. No, base, he, didn't he didn't even say, say anything. But, it, it, but the hand meant. Right. Do not come on. He shook his hand like, yes. no, no, no. Yeah. And I kept going and he's like, <laughs> no, no, no. And he did it again, and he said, no, no, no. Yes. And the door cl- And I was like, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, if you want. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and the elevator the door, door shut. shuts, yeah. and Joel goes... I go, that was Buster Rhymes. And I went, what the because fuck? Because he was standing behind the security guy. Yeah. There, was, there must have been five or six people in there, but we would have fit very easily in that elevator. And I probably wouldn't even known who that exactly. was. Exactly. We could have just... Walked in the elevator, got off on our floor. Yeah. We were only on like the 10th floor, which was right. only like five floors up for whatever reason. Right. I don't tell, but yeah, I mean, it was anyway, just weird. It was weird. And, you know, fuck him. Yeah. Seriously. Fuck. And I, you know what? You don't He'd, own the hotel, mister. Yeah. And you're not even that famous. Like, you didn't even recognize him. <laughs> I didn't. And I, I, you know, I recognized and him. I but know, like, I know I his would, music. And I wouldn't have even said anything to Busta Rhymes because, like, right. I know, like, he did the Gathering of the Juggalos one year. 
And apparently, from what I heard, because I have the production radio being the stage manager, right. that he wouldn't come out of his, either it was his trailer or his tour bus, mm-hmm. because he wanted a pizza with pineapple on it. I mean, that is delicious. I understand that. But you have to understand where where we were in you're like southern gathering. Illinois. We're in the middle of nowhere. But you're at the gathering. And like you can't just go get a pizza from around the corner. Right. You have to make it on site. And, you know, I don't even know if that they may. I'm sure somebody makes pizzas. But do they have pineapple for the pizza in the backwoods? They uh, should. Well, well, look, you're just defending Buster Rhymes now. The no, guy was an I'm, ass. I'm just defending having pineapple. So I, I'll, I'll say it now. I hear this thing and I'm kind of cracking up because I'm, you know, waiting right. around, you know, for what my shit to start. And I'm hearing all this stuff. First of all, he's making all the juggalos wait and annoying right. them, annoying the production well, people, professional. you know, making everything run late. And then it's like, okay. So the next day, uh, my friend who, uh, you know, she's a reporter. Mm hmm. From the at the time, the Village Voice. Okay, Camille Dodero is her name. She wrote some really big, famous articles about the gathering of the Juggalos. So we, she was talking to me about what was going on last night, and I said, "Well," she goes, "What was going?" She goes, "I, you know," she was like, "Well, who was here? Buster Rhymes was here, and blah blah blah." And she's, you know, and I go, well, "Did you hear about Buster Rhymes?" She's, "No." I go, "He wouldn't come out of his trailer because he wanted." pineapple on his pizza yeah so sure enough she goes home writes up the whole story about oh, the gathering of the juggalos and goes our anonymous source said that buster rhymes <laughs> wouldn't come out of his so yeah it was for me and i said source. it and i go because fuck him right and fuck him for not letting us on the elevator i was tired and wanted to go to bed we wanted to go to bed yeah fuck you yeah buster rhymes no but it was a good trip i mean yeah, and the Fountain Blue has all these beautiful pools. I mean, you got to see it's unbelievable. I, I was a little surprised with the kind right on of, the beach. Yes, yeah. the clientele that was there. Well, to be honest, because of the Rolling Loud Music Festival. But even after that, it was still not what I totally had expected. It was. It's definitely got the Miami party crowd. It's got. It's very much a mix of people. Well, as the days went on, as we went from Sunday into like Wednesday, yeah, then it was a lot more families, yeah, and couples, and we had a nice time. Yeah, and there was no problem. We made conversation yeah we talked to and we talked to like senior citizens by the pool listen i get along with old people okay you do but i think when people think you know back in the day miami beach was like where the seniors went oh. and i'm sure there's still places where seniors go mm-hmm. but miami beach especially you know like fountain blue and then as you go down to south beach we should talk about that because we did go to south beach for dinner one evening you guys want to hear how ridiculous joel is I, I, I don't know i thought we would have a nice time on south beach yeah that was me being ridiculous Part of it. Well, look, one thing I will <laughs> criticize about Miami was uh, Fountain Blue's pools and the oh, beach. beautiful. Unbelievable. Everything's yes. super expensive in Miami, especially at Fountain Blue. Yes. So the, was it the first day? Yeah. So we got in on. First full day. First full day. Because we got in on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then. And it was by the time we got over there, the, we did a little sightseeing and it was already 5 p.m. Right. or something. Well, by the time we were able to get to the hotel and get to the ocean, it was after 6. Yeah. And everything for the hotel was like their beach chairs are put away. Yeah, the towels were put away. There's no- and everything. Nothing yeah. is accessible for you. You can get to the beach, but you can't use their stuff. Uh-huh. So the next day we go to the beach. We're like, we're going to go to the beach first and then we'll go to the pool. Yeah, because we wanted to get the beach chairs, have right. the whole experience. And we're like... Let's get a drink. It was about 11 o'clock. And there's a waiter that serves you at the beach, which is a wonderful service to have. 
and we're like, let's. I wanted like a daiquiri or something <laughs> like that, but the um, the bar on the beach didn't have like the blended drinks. Yeah, so I, I guess they didn't have electricity or something, right? Or whatever. So I had the like a strawberry mojito, mm-hmm. and Joel got um like a vodka cranberry. Yeah, I think so. Well, guys, he talked us into doubles. <laughs> And we were we were totally fine with that because it's eleven. We can have a double at eleven. We can have a double. We're going to be swimming, and we'll go have some lunch. Yeah. Well, we're ready to go to the pool, so we cash out. Yeah. Seventy two dollars. Well, the the check was sixty seven dollars for the two doubles. Why do you always got to correct me? Well, because I because okay, so it's sixty seven for the two drinks. That includes twenty percent gratuity. It does. It wasn't an eighteen percent. Oh, it was eighteen. Okay, but then there's a line for do you want to leave extra money? So someone was drunk. Well, (laughs) I was. I have to give him credit. Those were fucking doubles, man. We got drunk as well. We were, you know. It's twelve. But we're it's, also lightweight. It's one in the afternoon, and we're on the beach in the heat, blitz. You know, giggling. Yeah. So I mean, I gave the guy an extra five bucks, mm-hmm. and it was seventy two dollars for two dollars for two drinks. And we were drunk, but still, I mean, you can get drunk. Still, you right. get drunk for eight bucks in Detroit. You know. Right. <laughs> and if you want to get drunk at eleven a.m. in Detroit, you can do that. Yes. You just you know, different um, beach. <laughs> but then we that was the night we went down to South Beach. Yeah, we went to South Beach because, you know, you can't having been to Miami, everything you see is those old neon buildings and South Beach. Well, here's the deal with South Beach because of the pandemic, they've closed Ocean Drive. That's the main drag along the beach, South Beach. Fountain Blue, if you look it up, is considered Middle Beach. I think we were at 44th mm-hmm. in Collins. And then, you know, South Beach is like 8, 9, 10, whatever, down south. Yeah. And, you know, you can go right to the beach. You go right across Ocean Drive. But all those old hotels. So we found a Cuban restaurant right there. On It was the Breakwater Hotel that had this restaurant. And Cuba, we wanted to have Cuban food because we were in Miami. So let's go get Cuban food on South Beach. Kill two birds at one stone. And we went down to, we were driving to Ocean Drive. And we needed to find parking. Right. So we were looking for either a parking structure because there's mm-hmm. no street parking. Yeah. Or- well, the one, yeah, I was going to say they closed Ocean Drive to cars. Right. Because they wanted people to be able to dine outside because of the pandemic. Right. So we can't just pull our car into Ocean Drive, park on the street like I would have liked to. Right. So go ahead. Take it. But so me. we're down one of the streets close to it, like one block away. There's nowhere to street park. There's no parking structures. And none of the hotels seem to have valet. But as we got closer to the very end, mm-hmm. to where we actually needed to be, yeah. because we passed one valet and it said $60. I think that was a parking garage. Though. That was the parking garage. Yeah. And Joel. Self-parking. Joel says. Yeah. I am not paying $60 to park. <laughs> it was adamant. Yes, he was. I am not. I was like, Okay. So we keep driving and we get all the way to the end and there's one, there's hotel valet for where we're going. For the breakwater and other hotels, yeah. And Joel rolls his window down and asks how much to park. Mm -hmm. $80. (laughs) The guy wanted 80. And Joel said, okay. (laughs) Well, first of all, we're running late. We had like a seven o'clock or an eight o'clock reservation. I forget what it was. And so it's already past that because it's taking so long to park. And the further we park away, the further walk we have to do. And it was yeah. warm out. And we didn't want to walk too far. So 
gave the guy the 80 bucks oh right God. outside the old Versace mansion, which is now a fancy hotel yep. itself. And he parked it behind a, uh, a, Rolls a, a Rolls Royce right there at, I think it was, was it 8th or, in, I, I, mean, it's, I think it's 10th and, and uh, Ocean Drive. Something. But right behind the Rolls Royce, took our rented Volvo, yep. parked it right there. And then he said, hey, here's the keys. You just come pull it out yourself when you're yep. done. <laughs> so we go and have dinner. Yeah. And the food was amazing. Yeah, the place the was great. The place was great. We Havana 1957, in. I think. Is we walked in. We were literally the only customers in the restaurant. Yeah, everyone, everyone else was, was outside. Up. But it was like Mardi Gras on there. It was loud and was. tons of people. And, and stinky. And people don't, you know, because I get all these like google alerts now for miami stories mm -hmm. and there's a big fight over whether or not ocean drive should be closed and the kind of crowd that it's bringing in because it is a mardi gras atmosphere where i mean it's good if you're you know selling liquor and food right. and stuff but there's tons of crime now associated well, with it remember the lady that was helping us at the yeah. restaurant said she the, hadn't seen a crowd like that in a long time yeah the manager was complaining a little that bit it about was oh it was a rough crowd and you know if you're trying to run a, a restaurant like that like you don't right. i mean you, you wanted you know and we would have sat outside but it was so loud and it was loud and it was very smelly yeah and it was it was pot right yeah, well, yeah so we just but we had the whole restaurant inside pretty much, to ourselves yeah it was great we got free tequila shots. Yeah, the guy hooked us up. Um, our drinks were fantastic. They were. We had really great drinks there. And the food was really he good. sold us doubles again. Yeah. Which I, I watched a YouTube video later about like doubles. five things not to do in Miami. And they're like, they're always going to try to sell you doubles. And don't. I don't know. I don't know. But the f the food was fantastic. Yeah, Cuban food was I great. I would totally recommend going there yeah. again to anyone. And yeah. I would go again. Yeah, definitely. It was really good. We might be in Miami. Yeah. Before too long. We may be going on a we, cruise. We might be. We're trying to figure that out next year. Yeah. So kind of a Layla family cruise. But we're yeah. going to do it. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. We're leaning towards it. But we would leave out of Miami. So yeah. we're looking at that. But anyway, yeah, we had a nice time in Miami. It was really good. I liked the Super Blue Museum was cool. We saw mm -hmm. some cool stuff there. That was a little deceiving, though, that not every part of that museum was included. Yeah, they had a, included. a special exhibit and the way their website worked. It was actually You couldn't buy. But you also, when you were checking out, they didn't give you the option to buy it. Which is weird. You had to, like, buy it. There from I don't even know it was weird. Yeah. I, anyway, I was perfectly content when when it happened. I was pissed. I'm like, I want to go to this special cloud room or whatever <laughs> bullshit. And I was kind of indignant and trying to, you know, I was almost going to be like, let me talk to your manager. And I, I didn't. Thank you for not. Yeah, I know. That. But when we were done, we were like, oh, that was really cool anyway, yeah. and it was fine. Um, but yeah, Miami was was great. Uh, it, it was. One thing I think we had a problem with it was a side, you know, we had this Cuban food, which granted, you know, we had to go through all this hassle. But like we thought that the restaurant situation was not ideal. N not at all. Because the hotel restaurants were either the, the really expensive ones seemed to be open all the time. And then the more moderately priced hotel restaurants were either mm -hmm. open only certain hours like they weren't open for lunch. And then they wouldn't take a reservation, and they said you had to come down and wait in line. And so we ended up eating outside of the hotel almost all the time. Every time. Because they went... I was surprised... We got poolside food the one day, which was oh, super expensive. Yeah. But anyway, um, so but, we found, like, you know, we we ended up, like, going to a Burger King, like, getting in the car. And yeah, Burger King. Subway, Subway, which I walked to a Subway that was a few yeah. blocks away in the heat. 
But yeah, I mean, I think that would have been a thing that, um, remember then there was the place we called because we're like, I'll go pick up food from this restaurant. And they kept me on hold for like 40 yeah, minutes. Because it was literally just. It was like a block away. And yeah. they just so. I mean, I think Florida and the south of the United States in general, you kind of get poor service. Like as northerners, like we are Midwesterners, we expect Can really good tell? restaurant service. Oh, and you think like they know? In the, it's just in the south. They're like, just not as. In Atlanta. it's. Like, I mean, I know we went to Atlanta. Atlanta wasn't all that. I mean, it was okay. It was okay. But I mean, okay. I. I Atlanta, I've been to Atlanta enough times to know that their service in Atlanta really lacks what you would get in Detroit or really? New York or Chicago. Yeah, it's hmm. just not the same. Interesting. It's just a southern thing. I mean, how much when we first got, when we first landed and we went to that marketplace. Oh, my God. That restaurant, how bad was the service there? That was horrible. And we kind of chalked it up to, hey, we're at a tourist trap. That was but that was like the worst that place, place had the worst, you know, that yeah. the service was terrible there. But anyway, I still recommend Miami Beach. That Fountain Blue is unbelievable. If you want a hot tip to stay at the Fountain Blue for not a million dollars, try an Airbnb because yeah. a lot of those units are considered condos mm. and they're owned by people and they rent them out for more affordable rates than you would be able to get if you just tried to stay at the hotel. Not to mention for basically the price of what the way we were pricing it. What would have been a regular hotel room, we actually got the suite in the Tresser Tower with an ocean view. We actually had a view of the ocean and the intercostal waterway and, and the pool and the grounds of the Fountain Blue. It was really great. And we had the spa. Yeah. And we had free spa access. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was it was great. So yeah, what can I nice. tell you? It was a nice place to go. We, I recommend it. Maybe look and see if there's a hip hop festival going to be there, uh, and and maybe don't go then. Or, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> but other than that, you know, stay away from Buster Rhymes because he sucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Miami was great. I wish we could have talked about it more timely. Yeah, but uh, you know, we went to Miami in July, so it was hot. <laughs> it was. It was very hot. I think if we go on that cruise, I will be wearing swim shirts. Okay. Because all the SPF 60 in the world did not prevent me from turning into a lobster after a day. Yeah. You too, kind of. Yeah, but You mine, wore a big old hat and stuff. I but, did. Yeah. But. Yeah. So that protected my face good. Yeah. But I I was really red and. I was nice and tan. I've never seen my legs so tan before. <laughs> we were pretty tan. It was nice. All right. All right. So that was our vacation. Good times. Yes. And then uh, what else? Well, we went to the movies. Let's get on to that one okay. now. Before we wrap this thing up, we went to the movies twice since we I talked we said to the three people. times. Well, since we've talked to people on this oh, show, okay. We saw Free Guy with Ryan I love Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds, which was fine. Although I feel like I've forgotten it basically, essentially since we've seen it. Okay. It's pretty slight. <laughs> it's got, guy is living in a video game video game mm -hmm. so it's kind of almost got a lego movie thing where the lego I've guy i've never seen the lego movie well in the so... lego movie the lego guy becomes aware that he lives in lego oh and he's okay. not just a construction worker he now knows that oh i can hang fake. out with batman and stuff oh and then this movie kind of has that element the video game he lives in is sort of grand theft auto it's also mm -hmm. got an element of Fortnite to it or some sort of shooter type game it's kind of a hybrid um and there's tons of video game references, a lot of visual gags. I guess to see this on a big screen, probably worth it, I guess. Yeah. 
versus seeing it at home, it would lose a little bit. See, I just like Ryan Reynolds, so you do, and he was fine in it, and and like it was a perfectly Funny. fine little movie. It was certainly better than like Ready Player One or something, which you know, which you had similar high movie hopes for. Yeah, I did, and it, I I didn't hate Ready Player One, but it was a little disappointing. Yeah, this one I didn't really have any expectation for, and I thought it was fine. So yeah, free guy we went to, mm-hmm. and then just over the weekend we saw No Time to Die. My first ever James Bond movie. (laughs) And you know what? It's funny because the movie starts and I think literally like the movie had already started when you turned to me and you go, do I need to know anything? (laughs) And I was like, no. And then I was like, I probably should have said something. Although I feel like you can see this without knowing anything. Yeah. You know, but you all. It kind of kind of just all worked out. But you also, I think, know so all of the James Bond tropes are in this movie. The gadgets, the cars, the girl, the exotic locations, yeah. whatever. And I feel like anybody who has watched a movie in their life, even if they haven't seen James Bond, sort of gets that. Like, yeah. Because they're in Mission Impossible, too. And, kind of movie. and the one-liners, you know, there wasn't a lot of them in this, but there were a few, you know, he kills the guy and, mm-hmm. you know, the diehard kind of stole that and, and Arnold and those people. That all comes from James Bond. You know, so it's it's really like the, you know, every action movie is basically trying to do James Bond yeah. at this point. So I feel like you would got that. But I probably should have said to you, oh, yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a boss named M. He's going to go see him. The gadget guy is named Q. Well, that stuff, the, didn't, that the, wasn't stuff that confused me. You know, I wasn't, the secretary is Miss Moneypenny. But, you know, it's been Miss Moneypenny since the 60s. They just keep changing who Miss Moneypenny who is. is and who Q I is. I was more... Little things that confused me were like who they were after and then who yes. he went to the cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That turns out, and even I wasn't exactly sure, but that yeah. was his like girlfriend or wife from the first. That's what I had asked. It was the first Daniel Craig one, though. Okay. Yeah. So I, I sort of wasn't, I mm-hmm. haven't, it's been years since I've seen that. And there was stuff that tied directly into the last James Bond movie which was called Spectre, and I don't even know if I ever saw Spectre. I think there's a movie Spectre. Yeah, that's but Spectre is the name of the villains Yeah, going back to the 60s, and then that was the name of the last movie. Oh, and so parts... like James Bond, Spectre? Parts of this... Parts of this movie, No Time to Die, came from Spectre. Those okay. same actors and stuff and characters. Oh, okay. But not all the actors are in all the movies. They right. change, you know, so... So, you know, and, and even James Bond changes. So yeah. this is Daniel Craig's last time. Um, but yeah, all of that stuff is in there, and I thought it all worked well. I think if there's any negative to No Time to Die, it's, it's two hours and 45 minutes. It is a long-ass movie. It is a long-ass movie. It's almost like two movies. It almost yeah. feels like two movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great. I mean, I mean, the I action's terrific. I mean, we saw the last Mission Impossible movie together with Tom Cruise. <laughs> And that one, people like. People are like, oh, this is the best Mission Impossible ever. Negative. And neither and I, neither, neither no. you or I liked that one all that much. But I don't like Tom Cruise okay. like, at all. Well, and I think and I think we were talking about this afterwards. I said, you see why Daniel Craig and James Bond is number one. Mm-hmm. Because Daniel Craig is a better actor than Tom Cruise. The movie is not. It's well, more entertaining. It's just more entertaining. It's funnier. Yeah. It's got a certain a British flair to it which mm-hmm. makes it more entertaining um and look i'm a huge james bond fan i mean i have been for years and years and years the newer ones i've been even though i think daniel craig like 
It's been like every other one has been really good with him. Okay. And this one is really good. Okay, I have a question. Yes. I know he has blue eyes in real life. He does, yes. Does he wear contacts in the movie? I don't know. And that because is Because they were like blue. I believe like so if you see uh Casino Royale was the first Daniel Craig James Bond movie. Uh-huh. I think the first shot of him is like he's swimming in the ocean. Right, and he's and like he's shirtless. Out. And he's all glistening, and he's got his blue eyes against the blue sea. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, made a lot of ladies kind of go, ooh, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny how old he looks compared, because I was watching YouTube where they were comparing oh, really? the James Bond movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's gotten old. I mean, it's been, I think, about 15 years, but it's like, he's aged. He, he is, I mean. Well, he's not, it's not as um, believable as him to be. Well, but in that. the mo- in the movie, he has retired when the yeah. movie starts, and they have to he kind is. of bring yeah. him back. So they kind of play into his age a little bit. Um, but it's really well done. I mean, I, I thought again. I think, and again, I think if you're going to see something on the big screen, I think this is one to see on the big screen. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we had I, a good time, and you, I was you, giving you a hard time about were... <laughs> seeing it. I know. I was telling you, he's dragging me to James Bond. Yeah, well. I enjoyed it. Yes, you did. And I enjoyed it a lot, too, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Even if you hated it, I still would have liked it. But (laughs) That's usually how it works. (laughs) I'm glad you liked it, and everyone should, especially if you've been a James Bond fan, but even if you're not, it's still a really good movie. I mean, they just, they put so much into this as far as the effect, and it's also like, and there's a little bit, but. They don't feel super digital either. No, they don't feel phony. It feels more real. Like there's this motorcycle chase where I was Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck, man? Did they really do this? Look how many times I jumped. Yeah, it makes you jump. It it makes you it's good. It really works. And there was was at one point somebody in the audience went like, oh, like they were like, whoa, yeah, like they couldn't believe like a plot twist. Yeah, but I don't remember, like, there was that a couple times, I thought. Yeah, but I mean, I just you don't hear that a lot. I no. feel like some people at the movies are very jaded about stuff, and they don't, you know. Even though I kind of saw, I, I was explaining to you after, I go, yeah, I kind of saw that twist mm-hmm. coming because I knew something that I right. knew. And even though, like, I feel like, because when I was watching uh, some YouTube stuff, some interviews, and they would play, like, the trailer, mm-hmm. I think I skipped the trailer for this one. You skip the trailer for I everything. I try to because if I know I'm going to see it, I'll skip the trailer. Yeah. Because and I'm glad I skipped the trailer because I thought that the trailers revealed things that you think that maybe about I everything. didn't know, but I'm glad I didn't see the trailer. That's that's why we don't watch <laughs> what's happening next week. Yeah, we try trailer. to not watch at those HBO shows that have next week on. And I'm like, let me like, watch it. And, you're and like, sometimes no, I let you watch you it, you, and I walk out of the room where I you, cover my head in a pillow. And yep. You get to watch. What's coming And up? then you watch my face to see what's happening. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh my God. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. So anyway, that was our movie thing. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've watched a whole lot of movies. I haven't been keeping up with this list to keep track of what we've been watching. But so you see on our list here, me and Layla, we have our little rundown of the show. Yes. Um, On the left, there must be a dozen television shows. We will not get into all of these. No. However, I'm going to tell you this. Yes. There are two of them uh-huh. that are my favorites. Oh. And can you pick my favorites? Can I pick your favorite? So I will let you pick the first show that we talk about. Okay. You don't have to pick my favorite, but if you want to try to pick my favorite. Okay. So can and I... And I will try to not pick my favorites. What? 
Unless we get down to time and I go, oh, fuck I was it, we're just going to like all, I was just going to call out your two favorites. Okay, well, pick pick one right now that you think is my favorite. One that I think is your favorite. <laughs> of these. And a lot of these were good yeah. and I liked them, but two of these are in particular my favorites. Um, Probably Ted Lasso. Okay, let's talk about Ted Lasso. Okay, the second am I season right? came out. You are wrong. <gasps> I like Ted Lasso a lot. Ted okay. Lasso's good. Um, Interesting. I think okay. I have another idea. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, you lost your turn. That's my turn next. But anyway, so Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Well, you so you talk about Ted Lasso. It was the second season. What'd you think? Yeah. Um, it wasn't as comical as the first season. Mm-hmm. It's a little more serious. A little bit. Um, the episodes got longer. They got longer. They were all about forty-five minutes. Yeah. It was because we liked it because it made us laugh and it kind of just was a silly show and it became more serious and a little bit political a little bit in ways I, I, last year when ted lasso came out in the middle of the pandemic first of all no one thought it was going to be any good because like who's this snl hack oh my god i this love him thing but he was so good one of the big complaints i think is that the show is less about ted yeah it's more about the surrounding characters although the yeah. finale was kind of mostly about ted and they kind of came back to what made the show yeah great in the beginning um there were some more serious things. Mm-hmm. There was these. So I, yeah, I agree with you. I liked it a little less than the first episode. It's still very good. It is still. It's good. not my favorite of these. It's not one of my two favorite. Because I was going to say, was, what's my number one favorite? But then I couldn't decide which was my number so one. So if this was season one, would it be your favorite? It, sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I had number. It was my. It was probably my favorite TV show of last year. Maybe. Okay. His favorite comedy, anyway. Yeah. Um, they did the one episode where Coach Beard. Was out on the town all night. I did not like that, that one. Nobody at liked all. that one. Yeah, I, everybody I talked to said they hated that one too. It was just weird because what it turns out, I read an article. They they made a ten episode season. Mm-hmm. Then Apple TV, who produces this thing, that's where you see it on Apple TV Plus. They said, "Well, we need to. We want to make it a twelve episode season." Oh, so they had to write these episodes that had nothing to do with anything else. So that was the Christmas one, which I thought was pretty cute. I did think that was, cute. but again, that didn't have anything to do with the rest of the season. And then yeah. Coach Beard's Wild Night Out. And that explains why they were so off. Yeah, that's why that one was off. Like, he was kind of the only star in it. It was yeah. a weird one. Um, but yeah, Ted Lasso was very good. And I know some people are like, I'm done with Ted Lasso now. No. It's like, you could be done with it. That's fine. I mean, look, it's it's hard to maintain the quality of any show. Right. I think the good thing is that they did, you know, even though, yeah, it was less about Ted, Ted is kind of one-dimensional in a way. And then you have, you know, Roy Kent, who people really like. Oh so God, let's show so more funny. Roy Kent and more about, you know, the other characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was good. And Sam and, you know, and plus the other thing is that, you know, a lot of the tension of Ted Lasso season one was, would this owner. Yes. Is it Rebecca is her name? Mm-hmm. I think, would her and Ted be able to get along? Yeah. And of course, by the time you get into season two, well, now they're best buddies. Right. So it's kind of like, where is the tension? So then well, they bring in this therapist. And will the therapist get along with Ted? And then they get over it. And then they bring up another character but see, without no. ruining it. So now there's a kind of a third villain. But now. I still think there's this tension that could be between Ted and Rebecca of like a love thing. There, there could be. We, we kind of thought that maybe was how they're going to go. And they ended yeah. up, without spoiling it, they, they went, went another direction. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought Ted Lasso was very good. Again, episodes are a little longer. Yeah. And I don't, I think for like a really kind of joke heavy comedy probably 30 minutes would have been plenty yeah I on agree. this one um but yeah it's a, it's it's still a great show i'm mm-hmm. a fan 
I know it won the Emmy and a bunch of stuff, so that's good I for really them. I really like it. Yeah, I do too. I think they, they're doing a good job with it. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Nick Muhammad fan. We like his show. Intelligence is another funny. I'm not does. a fan of his right now. All right. Well, that's a, that's, that's, that's a, that has nothing to do with his performance yes, or skill does. as an actor and a comedian. Yes, it does. All right. Uh, but yeah, Ted Lasso. <laughs> so not my favorite show, but I'm going to move on to another show. Man. Okay. Also not my favorite show. I'm, I got to keep looking at this list. But a good show, out. a quality show. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a quality. Oh, they, they canceled this and then maybe we'll just be quick. They on canceled this it. They canceled Generation. I, I don't know if we had they canceled about it. This. You didn't yeah, tell me. Yeah. They're that. not making a, a season two of Generation on really? HBO. The teen, uh, Did they say comedy why? drama. I don't know. I think it just, People, not enough people watched it, which is I, weird because I, I think it might have not gotten um, enough publicity. Well, I feel like it got a lot of publicity when it started. There was a big story about that big gap. There was that big gap in the Well, they did. The well, that was part of the two. They aired like five and then took two months off and aired another five. Mm-hmm. Not that we can complain about shows taking two months off because I did. But, <laughs> but, um, there was like all this stuff before the season started that the extras mm-hmm. were forced, and this is what isn't even on the show. I was at this thing; they were forced to really dissect a frog as part of one of the scenes in high school what? in science class, and that some of these extras were upset. So it got all this like, how dare they make these students or these actors? Really? And then the other thing was that Lena Dunham, who made Girls, mm-hmm. directed or wrote some of these episodes of Generation as well. Figures. And she has a lot of negative bag. Even though we both like Girls a lot, um, she has a lot of negative baggage surrounding her. And people were like, oh, this is her new Girls, but with younger people. And now it's gay guys instead of girls and all this stuff. And a lot of people, even though that's not what the show is at all. And you could watch that show and not even know she had anything to do with it. I actually did not. It know doesn't she had feel any, like girls at all. At it all. feels like its own thing, and it was a really good thing. Yeah, I thought. I thought that those actors were great. I thought that Justice Smith guy, who's in a bunch of stuff now, it was uh, was really good as the lead guy. It and, was a nice change to see how high school could be for people. Look, it's pretty a different problem. Outrageous, yeah. you know. I mean, it's not as outrageous as like Euphoria, but it also. Didn't have all the nudity and the drug use of Euphoria, yeah. which is another HBO show that it was compared against. Uh, and so they canceled it. Now, I, apparently the creative people behind it yeah. uh, signed a deal with Amazon to make some new shows. For Generation? No, not Generation. They're oh. just going to make new shows anyway. So so apparently That's they... lame. It is, because I thought Generation was a pretty good show. And especially, like, it's on our list too here, but they then put up the Gossip Girl reboot. And Layla really liked Gossip Girl. I had not seen Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. I was back in the day. OG. But I was like, because Layla likes teen shows. I go, yeah, let's watch this Gossip Girl. How bad could it be? It's not good at all. It's not. They are trying to recreate it pretty much almost the same, yet a smidge different. No. But it's the same, same concept. But isn't, I mean, Generation is a show that takes place in high school with a lot of gay and lesbian Mm storylines and stuff. And it's ten times better than Gossip Girl, but I yeah. think Gossip Girl's coming back. Oh. And Generation is not. I wonder if because Actually, I don't Gossip know if Girl, Gossip Girl's coming back it, or not. But. Well, you know, it had a big following. It so did, it's probably yeah. probably like people like me who watched the original. Yeah. And It's just hard to relate to those Gossip Girl characters. Rich, private snobby, school, yeah. rich folks. Fuck them. Yeah. 
mean, generation is, you know, the original poor people, brown people, black people. I think the original Gossip Girl was better. Well, it, it wouldn't be hard to be better than this current Gossip Girl. Yeah. Because that one's not very good. So anyway, I guess I covered two shows, but still haven't talked about one of my favorite shows. Okay, I'm going to do They're this. They're on my list. What is my favorite show? Layla, go. All right. I'm going to do this. Yes. I am going to say White Lotus. Yes. White Lotus on HBO. Yes. I believe I talked about White Lotus a little bit when it first came on. Yeah. It actually wrapped up right about like the week my dad died, right? Yeah, or something it did. Like that. It was kind of a weird thing yeah. where we were waiting around, you know, for my dad to recover and people were watching White Lotus and it was very We had awkward. already been watching it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, talk about White Lotus. It's great. I'm going to talk about White Lotus. Yeah, well, okay. you picked it. Well, because I was just trying to guess your favorite. No, it's okay. Um, White Lotus. Well... I got to remember. <laughs> where does it take place? Hawaii. Okay. And where in Hawaii? I... At a resort hotel called... Oh, the Four Seasons. No, it's the White Lotus. <laughs> it was shot at the Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, at the, it's an easy... It was sitting right there for you. Listen, I've the been The fictional hotel is called day. the White Lotus. They shot it at the Four Seasons in Maui or whatever. But yeah, it's called the White Lotus. <laughs> Should I cover White Lotus? Yes. Should I just take over? Just take you had over. enough. Drink some more Starbucks. <sighs> no, it takes. It's. I described it. I think the last time on the show was like white people in paradise having problems. Yes, which is kind of what it is. And actually, you know, you go, oh, why would you watch the show? That's that sounds awful. Show about white people. Like there is the storyline of the yeah. white people coming to Hawaii. And having some friction with the indigenous people. That's yes. one of the storylines. Yeah. The indigenous Hawaiians. But, you know, it's like, it's all just very... Mysterious. Mysterious and, like, simmering drama. Mm -hmm. There it's are, funny. like, you know, because a lot of times you see these shows and there's violence and people are getting killed and all this stuff. And while there is the undertone of that in this, it's just simmering. It's like mm -hmm. a husband and wife and there are two kids and the husband and wife aren't kind of getting along and... There's like the simmering thing there. And then you have a newlywood couple and, There's you know. simmering and different Yeah, ways. and it's just whole simmering yeah. kind of thing. And it sort of boils over. Then you have the staff, the staff of the White Lotus. Yeah. What do they think of these people that are coming? Well, they don't really like those people. And yeah. why is that? And then you it's just get, all these. It's really good. It's this little ensemble thing. It reminds me a lot of, um, and I don't know if you would know, but Robert Altman made a bunch of these movies where it was just people. Like, there was no real number one star. It was just, you'd go from these people to these people, and then okay. they'd intersect and have scenes together sometimes. Mm. Kind of felt like that. So he made movies like Shortcuts in Nashville uh, and Brewster McCloud that kind of feel like this a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's a guy named Mike White who's written uh, and, and made some shows. I know he made, what was the HBO show? Enlightened, I think. I never watched that one. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, it's a great show. It was really good. Yeah, Steve Zahn is one of the stars. He's mm -hmm. a good actor. And Sydney Sweeney is his daughter. She was on Euphoria. Okay. Jennifer Coolidge. I love She's so funny. She is funny. She's, she's kooky. She's so kooky. She's very kooky. Yeah. She's kooky and 
even more kooky than ever in this show. Yes. A lot of good stuff. The guy, and the guy, uh, I forget his name, but I think he's, his name is Murray, the guy who runs the resort. Oh, yeah. That guy's unbelievably great. Yeah. He's so funny. Yes. And a dick, and it's great. Everything. It's, like, it's funny because, you know, he's a dick, and then, uh, I everyone's a dick at some What's point. the actor's name that's the newlywood couple? Uh, I don't Jake. Know. I don't know his name. Oh, uh, he was the, he was on like the last two seasons of The Office. Jake Lacey is the actor's name, mm. and he's like you kind of hate him. He's just from he's the a, very beginning. He's got like a real punchable face, and he's kind of a dick. And even on The Office, you want to punch yeah. him. You really want to punch him here. Yeah. And then he has this Murray guy who's like the worst hotel employee ever, and he's a total like dick to him. Oh, it's mm. great. There's so much good stuff in this. I don't want to ruin it. If you haven't, if you have HBO, HBO Max, watch White Lotus. It's so fun. It's great. Uh, the ending. I mean, I think it, one thing about it, though, is that if you watch this in a binge, it may not have the same effect on you. Because you don't let things sit. Yeah, because every sit. week you think about what's going to happen next week. Who's So this watch like dead? one episode a day. You watch, you watch it over a couple weeks. Spread it out. There's not that many episodes of White Lotus. Spread it out. Yeah, but look, we did not like waiting a whole week. Well, we didn't. So I would uh, give it like a day or two. Two, two a week. Three a week. <laughs> Whatever. Well, because I think that was the thing. Everybody was talking about White Lotus. Yeah. What's going to happen on the finale? Oh, God, I can't wait for the finale. Bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. And maybe the finale didn't live up to what we thought it was going to be, but still a great show. And, and they are making more White Lotus. Yes, you did tell me that. Because apparently the plan is to... Go to other resort hotels and follow other the people that are there. <laughs> like, so you would have, this is the White Lotus Hawaii. You'd have the White Lotus in California or you'd have yeah. the White Lotus on Miami Beach or you'd yeah. have the White Lotus. Just different resorts. Different resorts in different places of the world and who is there mm-hmm. and what they're up to and sort of be this ensemble casting. So really cool. Yes, that is one of my favorite shows lately. I'm trying to I'm figure trying out what the other one is. All right, let me tell you about uh, something called... Um, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. What were we talking about, teenagers? Let's talk about One of Us is Lying. Oh, this is really good. Yeah, we just this one just came out on yeah. Peacock. And I know, we were like, you listen we're to the show and you got to have 18 streaming service subscriptions to get all these shows, but... Uh, one of us is lying. Another teen show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about Cruel Summer. I think we finished that one. Uh, we did. About it we did finish. That it. was a real good show, and I sort of had high. I was like, I like that teen murder mystery a lot. Yeah. Let's watch this teen murder mystery. Uh huh. And so far, after I think we've watched two, they've only aired three or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's real good. So basically, a bunch of high school students get sent to detention. Are you guys seeing a theme? Yeah. I'm rubbing off on them. Yeah, Layla likes high school shows. And I was like, well, it's murder mystery. It's right up my alley. I like those. We'll make this work. (laughs) And basically the one guy who has a very gossip girl sort of website where he gossips. It's got that gossip girl thing. Then it's got the breakfast Mm -hmm. club thing where it's five different students from different walks of life in detention together. Turns out he ends up dead. You just ruined it. Well, it's the setup for the show. No. Well, somebody ends up dead. I didn't know someone was dying until I watched it. Okay, but... So you just ruined it. it for anyone that wants to watch <laughs> it, you just ruined it for them. No, 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 no. Someone is going to die in the first episode, and that's the mystery. Who who did the killing? Death in detention. You still ruined it. I didn't ruin shit. Here's the thing. 
we're watching the show and I go, who's that guy? I know I, that's oh, the thing you hate God. when we watch shows. But it turns out the, the lead guy with the website yeah. is the same actor from Wayne. Which was good. Which was an incredible show. If you haven't seen Wayne on Amazon Prime, I'm sure we talked about it here before. But God damn it, Wayne is good. I love Wayne. I could watch Wayne right now. Watch the whole goddamn thing right now. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to, but anyway. Uh, Wayne, that guy's in it. Uh, one of the one of the actors actually from Cruel Summer, which show we liked uh, was good, uh, is on there as well. So yeah. uh, it's nice. I mean, it's like these students have secrets, they which which is secrets. sort of like a big little lies. It's kind yeah. of a thing you see in a lot of these shows now. And White Lotus had that too, the secrets. And these people have secrets and... You know, the secrets are coming to light. We don't know who did it, but there's an investigation and we got to get to the bottom of it. And it's going to string you along every week on Peacock. But it's well done. I like it so far. It's really good. It's good so far. We watched some other teenage shows that are not as good. Yeah. But this one's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Gossip Girl not as good. All right. You pick a show. Can you name my other favorite? Um, I think. We're running down on shows. I think I figured it out. <laughs> But I'm nervous I'm not correct. I should start crossing these off so I know what we talked about. You want me to tell you? Yeah, go ahead. What do you think my next favorite is? Nine Perfect Strangers. No, but that's a good one to talk about. That's a good one to talk. You know know why I should have mentioned that is because this came on right as White Lotus was ending. Yeah. And it kind of felt like that. But you take it from here. It's um, nine perfect strangers. Uh Some are couples, some are families that come to like this resort for like a mind body healing healing thing and it's just got all this different twists and turns Mm -hmm. and things happen and it's i it was so good it was really good yeah nicole kidman is the leader runs this wellness resort it feels like white lotus at the beginning Mm -hmm. but it's like it's kind of like white lotus but not as good but then as it goes on it becomes its own thing it does and it becomes a really weird and fun and um I mean, the, I think the supporting cast on this was just so great. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Bobby Cannavale, who I love. Melissa McCarthy. Ma- and Melissa McCarthy. Who I love. Yeah, they're great on there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Michael, uh, oh, God, what am I blanking on his name? He's the guy from Boardwalk Camp. Michael Shannon. Um, he's the, the dad? dad. Yeah, he's the dad. Because Michael Shannon, kind of whatever role he's in, he acts really big. Yeah. Like, he's very broad and Oh, and he was expressive. not in this. Well, he wasn't in the beginning, and then he, yeah. as it goes on, he kind of gets that way. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff in, in this, um, taking place at a resort, mm-hmm. and people trying to figure out their problems, and they all have a past, and do their pasts, have they, have they ever met in the past? Right. Maybe. Never know. You never know. I definitely recommend this one. Yeah, I do too. I mean, again, I would say White Lotus, which is my favorite show, is probably a smidge better than this one. Just a smidge. But it's different. It's different. Yeah, it's different in a way. It's got twists and turns that yeah. you d- wouldn't expect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely got that. I can't wait to see the next one. What the hell is going to happen thing going for it. Yeah. And it's really good. I mean, Nicole Kidman. And uh, the, the, the people who made this made uh, The Undoing, which we really liked. And they mm-hmm. also made The Big Little Lies episode, uh, series. So uh, good, 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 uh, good turn by Nicole Kidman again. Yeah. In a very different role for her than, yes. you know, those other ones that we talked about. Can I have one more chance? You want one more chance at my favorite show? Yeah. We're running out of shows. I know. I'm down. And to- I know that there's one on there that neither of us liked. So yeah, I know it's not that one. All right. Okay, I 
Come on, you got this. I feel like this is just a guess, though. But there's only is somebody. It, is it heels? No. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about heels, though. No, no. I want to figure. No, because heels does it come is... from away. Well, that was great. I probably should have put that in the movie category. Was it physical? <laughs> we're just going through all the shows. We're not even talking about I them. Know. My favorite show yeah, on the list, equal to The White Lotus, although this one's not done yet, is Impeachment American Crime Story. See, how? No. that's I even said that to you the other day. I go, I really like this show. Yeah, but you see that about a lot of I stuff. I do, but I especially... But how would I know it's one of your favorites when we're not even finished with it yet? Well, that that is the problem, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I win, you lose. <laughs> I didn't know there were winners and losers in this, but uh, okay. It's always a competition. Well, the thing about impeachment, so this is the story of the Clinton Lewinsky yeah. scandal, the investigation. This is really good. And it is really good. Um, just, I mean, because if you know all these people, and I feel like um, maybe because I'm a little older than you, <laughs> this was more like this was happening when I was in college. Right. And so I was following it. But um, Monica Lewinsky is played by Beanie Feldstein, Jonah Hill's sister, who she's, was in Booksmart really and yeah. some other movies we liked. I really like her, too. And she does a good job. Uh, Sarah Paulson is Linda Tripp. That shocked me that that yeah. was her at first. Because this is a Ryan Murphy thing. And Sarah Paulson's in all those Ryan Murphy things, like yeah, the American like, horror mm-hmm, stories story. and that. Um she is unrecognizable as she Linda is. Tripp. They did some prosthetics to her because Linda Tripp was kind of this pudgy woman who, That's what with she a bad like. haircut. And Sarah Paulson and is limp. sort of thin and glamorous and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, Sarah Paulson really becomes her. And it's this really kind of in- intense performance yeah. that you may not even know is her if you didn't look it up or something. Do we have any more of those to watch yet? Uh, I think it airs on Tuesday nights. Oh, so no, okay. we don't have one to watch tonight or anything. Um, Bill Clinton is played by Clive Owen, who is an interesting character because Clive Owen was very much like in the running to be James Bond, like a very dashing English actor. Really? Yeah. And here he, you know, they put like kind of prosthetic nose on him. He's not good looking at all. And he kind of does this mean Bill Clinton. I don't understand the appeal of Bill Clinton. No. And he, well, he comes off as really slimy in this show. I mean, unbelievable. I mean. Like a real dick and he's mad all the time about, you know, because they're investigating this Paula Jones case. That's how it ends up going to Monica Lewinsky and Linda Tripp is because, you know, Bill Clinton was accused. Mm Mm-hmm. Of basically whipping it out in front of Paula Jones, who was a hotel worker while he was the governor of Arkansas. This is alleged to have happened. Yeah. And then she sued him when he became the president. And they, you know, and you see it in the show. They go, well, look, we can make this go away if you want to give her money. And Bill Clinton's like, no, we're going to fight this. I don't want my name. And part of it, you get the feeling, is a little bit like Hiller. She wanted to fight it. She wanted to pull his name around. That's true, too. She didn't want But uh, you also get the feeling that Hillary Clinton did not want Bill to admit that he did anything wrong. Because well, no. that's the thing. Paula Jones wants, wants the admit. apology, <laughs> and Bill won't apologize, so it becomes a whole thing. Right. And, but I thought Clive Owen uh, was really great as, as Clinton in this. I'll and again, have to look him up. This is still airing. Yeah, I, I showed you some Clive Owen photos. Did you? I did I don't think point. you did. Well, you don't have much trouble. What was that? Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. And this is on FX, so if you got your cable, you can watch it. Now, here's the rub on this one. 
that that is annoying, and it's annoying for us too on some level. We got cable, we record it, no big deal. He still kind of looks like like Clinton a little bit. No, like yeah, kind of. Yeah, nah. But I mean, he's old. They made him look older, and they added a yeah, fake he's nose. He's only fifty-seven. Yeah. Um. Hulu now shows all the FX stuff, right? And actually, Hulu has uh, it, nine Perfect Strangers, a Hulu original. So yeah, okay. But the problem with these Ryan Murphy shows is that Ryan Murphy made a deal to sell all of his shows to Netflix. So even the ones that are on FX, because now he's making shows on Netflix, but even all of his American crime story, American horror story shows, I think, end up on Netflix by contract. So they're not airing on Hulu. So if you want to watch this and you don't have a cable subscription, you're either going to have to get it illegally or you're going to have to wait for it to show up on Netflix, which will probably be sometime next year. And that's unfortunate because it's it's hard to watch this if you don't yeah. have cable. So that's shitty. Or you find somebody that has an FX password or something and you get it. But it's really good. And if I you love... want Joel's information, just send <laughs> us a message. Send me some money. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I will give you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I will give you my Netflix subscription if you give me $19.99 a month. I think that's a fair deal. Why wouldn't they just get their own? <laughs> Shh. We let the money roll in. Let the money roll yeah. in, and we'll we just get, share it with everyone. We get seven, eight guys giving us twenty bucks a month. We're made in the shade, baby. You're slimy. <laughs> You're shady. What's no gonna give me twenty dollars a month for Netflix? Or just twenty dollars. All right, but here's the point. Yeah, it's a good show. It is. The American Crime Story shows is only the third one they've made. Uh, are all really good. We've watched some of the... I watched it when it aired originally, but since we've been to Miami, we watched the Johnny Versace one. We started that with one, With Andrew yeah. Cananan running around good. killing people. But I like... Um, you like the actor that plays Andrew Cananan. No, I like what's... Ryan Murphy. Yeah, Ryan Murphy has good, does good yeah. stuff. I mean, there's some Ryan Murphy stuff that wasn't as good as other yeah. stuff. Um, some of the American Horror Stories have been a little off. Well, those I don't. I've only watched the one season with you, and because I don't do scary. The Hollywood one wasn't that Hollywood miniseries wasn't great. Oh yeah, that was, um, was okay. Well, Halston was really good. That's on Netflix. Yeah, with you and McGregor, we like that a lot. But um, yeah. So this one's real good. Uh, again, you might have to wait for Netflix, but it's worth. It. But anyway, the OJ. Uh, there was the OJ Simpson American Crime Story. That was the first one. Then Johnny Versace, and now this one impeachment. Oh. So maybe we'll watch the OJ one at some point too, because that because I do know I was around for that. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's. Uh, <laughs> did, did we, should we do we do one more, two more? We did see Come From Away, which was a, a, a play that me and Layla saw. We saw a touring production of Come From Away here in Detroit, but I guess it's I guess this is most of the Broadway cast that filmed the play for Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. and it was good. If you don't know the story of Come From Away, it's what happens after the 9-11 attacks. The airlines, most a lot of them in North America, got diverted to Newfoundland. Like thousands and thousands and thousands of yeah, people. They said like 70,000 people mm-hmm. ended up in Newfoundland for a matter of several days. And what were they like? Um, they were stranded. No, like their population was only like yeah, a couple. Like their population yeah. tripled. Yeah, it's a tiny little town. Yeah. And, you see what all the regulars, all the all the locals mm-hmm. in uh, in Newfoundland had to do was, to accommodate all of these foreigners coming into their city. It was 
because that was such a horrible time for our country. Mm-hmm. And just to see a different side of what was happening where they were helping. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an uplift. It's 9-11, it but uplifting. it's uplifting. It is. It's not negative. It's, it's not, not doom all. and gloom, death and It is very touching. Yeah. You do get emotional. Mm-hmm. Because when you lived through what that day was. Yeah. You don't think about the people that were, you think about the people that lost their lives and the fire, the fire departments and the police Mm -hmm. and the people helping. You don't think about the people that were actually in the air, the other people that were in the air that could have been. Stranded stranded. wherever they were in Newfoundland. And didn't know what was happening. Yeah, and they didn't know what was happening. It's it's a really great play. And the way they present it is, you know, the actors actually play multiple roles. And you may feel like, oh, that's going to be confusing, but you'll get it. You'll get it good. It's really well done. Uh, again, we saw it live, and I recommend if you do get a chance. I know it's on Broadway, and mm-hmm. there were touring productions. That's what we saw, but this was right. pre-pandemic. I don't know if it's touring right now, but I don't know. Come From Away is, uh, and the songs are really good. They they yep. sort of play this. I downloaded them after. Canadian folk music, mm-hmm. but it's really fun, and, and uh, it's great. Yeah, so I enjoyed seeing Come From Away. You know, after they did that Hamilton thing Ugh. on Disney. Yeah. Then they were like, well, what else can we make movies out of? And yeah. they made that prom movie, which was okay. That was a Ryan Murphy thing. That, it was, was, just okay. that was not. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then they did, uh, I mean, they did In the Heights. That was good. That was all right. And, um, but yeah, Come From Away is great. And it is literally the play. It it's is. It's like shot in the and theater. And that's kind of how, that's how they did Hamilton. Yeah. Yep. Which I think is the best way to do it. Versus the prom where you make a movie out of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so that was really good. And let's do one more and then we'll wrap it up. I don't know what else. Should we do the one that we disliked? I mean, there's, there's one that there's, <laughs> well, there's a call. I think what's left is the ones we don't like, but are the ones we like less. Yeah. I mean, we've been through everything but two. The well, two go, we, just go ahead. It's not a big deal. Three. I mean, we liked physical. Yeah. Physical ended up being okay. It wasn't great. It was um, fine. Let's talk about. Shemigadoon. Shemigadoon. Did I say it right? Shemigadoon, I think is what it's called. Sh- isn't that what I said? Shigamadoon? I think you said Shemigadoon. Listen. Shemigadoon. Shigamadoon. Shigamadoon. Shigashiga. I'm not doing nothing to your dune. <laughs> not shigging your dude, my dune. Leave my dune alone. Shemigadoon. Oh my God, that was horrible. Well. Yeah, don't even go I, there. Is this the one that we started when we were in Miami? Yeah. And I said, Keegan Michael Key. And I like him. You do like him. And Cicely Strong from SNL, which she's fine. And she's good. The show doesn't work. What? It just doesn't work. It was what the actual. It's it's not like, okay, the premise of the show is like, we're a couple and they go on some hike and they end up in a town that is basically a musical. So they end up in like Oklahoma. Like they're the doing Oklahoma a hike musical. like with a couple's retreat, trying to yeah, get trying stronger to, together. Yeah, they're having marital problems or yeah. whatever. So they're trying to, you know, rekindle their romance. They end up in this musical town. And it just, it's a good premise for a show. That's what no. I was going to say about it. Yeah, no. it's a funny premise. It could be really funny. Could it? Like, but you know what it is? It's like an SNL sketch that is eight episodes. You know, it's like it's a five-hour SNL it was, sketch. It was bad. It, it was. I did not like it. Stop yelling! I'm at not me. recommending it. I don't like it. Why are you yelling at me? Because you're not listening to me. <laughs> I am listening to you. you. You and I need to end up in a 
musical town. Oh, yeah? Rekindle our romance. Oh, okay. <laughs> Notice she's not laughing. No. I'll dub you in laughing, just so people think. <laughs> See, there it is. Now they think I'm dubbing in. No, she's really laughing. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes, you're laughing. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hell. You did it to yourself. What, my Brian Laundry? Come on. This is a good oh show. Oh my, that is not something oh, to joke about. God, oh, cancel me. Yeah, you're canceled. You're canceled. That was a stupid, stupid show. It was not a great show. There was not a good idea to watch No, that. I mean, look. I, or to create it. You think that, hey, they've got talented people and the premise is seems funny on some level, but the show was kind of annoying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It just, and it wasn't. It wasn't funny enough. No. It wasn't, I don't know, Fred Armisen. Is in, there's a bunch of famous, Kristen Chenoweth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of famous people that are the supporting characters. But Is it Pee Wee Herman? No, that guy's not in it. What's the guy? Who was the other guy? The one that was in love with the pastor. The one that's in love with the pastor? Yeah. The not- one that's married to the Asian woman. See, you don't even that's remember anything. Fred Armisen. No, he was the minister. Hang on a second. I, see, I've forgotten the show. Yeah, because it was... It wasn't great. But I always thought that guy looked like Pee Wee Herman. It's not Fred Armisen? No, he was the minister. Well, who are you thinking of? The mayor. Alan Cumming. Yeah, Alan Cumming. Is he not Pee Wee Herman? He's not Pee Wee Herman. But he looks like Pee Wee Herman. A little bit. You could make the... Alan Cumming is a British guy who I think is openly gay oh. and is known for doing musicals. I know who he like is. That. I just thought yeah, he was Alan Cumming. As I said, there's a lot of famous guys in this. Alan Cumming, Jane Krakowski, Martin Short shows up. But we didn't talk about Only Murders in the Building. I should have put that on the list. Oh, well, we're out of That's time. That's a good show. That's a good show, though. Right, <laughs> Steve Martin? Martin Short, we're done? <laughs> we're done? We're done? It's on Hulu. Only Murders in the Building. Watch that. Don't watch Schmigadoon. Do not watch Schmigadoon. Do not watch Schmigadoon. <laughs> if you do... Don't watch Gossip it's... Girl or Schmigadoon. The rest of these are pretty good. Yeah. And some of them are really good. Yeah. Like Impeachment, American Crime Story. I did not know that was your favorite. And The White Lotus. And Nine Perfect Strangers is very good, too. Okay. We told them all that already. Mm-hmm. Ted Lasso's good. Okay. We already went through the whole we list. We didn't talk about the morning show, but let's leave. <laughs> it's not over yet. We'll talk about morning show no. when it ends. Okay. When the show ends. Yes. Because we've only seen a few episodes. Yeah, so when this is over. When when, when, when the show when the show is over. When that show is when over. That- <laughs> this show is over. You can I, barely speak at this I'm point. I am so tired. What is wrong with you? I'm tired. Yeah, all right, I worked tired. all day. I'm going to wrap it up. I got to play the song. What song? The ending song to Joel Radio. It should be Layla's song. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's called Layla's song. <laughs> Nope, it's not called that, but it's okay. You son of a bitch. I am a son of a bitch. But let's move on and okay. let's let's tell people yes. a couple of quick things. Yeah. Uh, What's that? My next advanced comedy class. Oh, yeah. I'll be hosting. <laughs> You're not hosting. And I will be um, co-teaching. Well, if you want to see my current students of the advanced comedy class, that'll be October 20th at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. We're doing our big graduation showcase. I may or may not be performing, but I've got a great group of students i may or may not be hosting say may not uh and then so that's october 20th the next uh advanced comedy class if you're a comic and you want to take your comedy to the next level november 6th at mark release comedy castle you can call the club at 248-542-9900 to sign up for that spend six saturday afternoons 
learning about comedy with me, working on your act. It's a great time. Can we do a poll? About what? If I should be able to host? No. Why? Because <laughs> everyone's going to say yes. <laughs> he can't control. I got to play this song. I got to play this song. I gotta play. He this can't song. control himself. I gotta play he this song. Listen, me, the song's playing. He wants you don't me. have headphones. You can't even hear the song. That's why you have to have headphones on. Can you hear the song? But I can just keep talking. But the song means wrap it up. <laughs> song means it's time to go. Pull if you think time Layla to go. Should even if I turn the speakers on, you can hear the song. Maybe not. I if, don't know. If you think I should host his next comedy show, yeah, like this post. <laughs> don't bother even like this. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you, Layla. You're welcome. We had some laughs. We had we we, we laughed. We cried. We did it all. We did. It was wonderful. Thank you for being here. Of course. Sorry for being away to everybody listening, but it happens. Yep. It's been happening far too frequently, and that's a bad thing. Yeah. But we're getting through it. We got each other. I got you, Layla. You got me. I do. Listeners, we got each other. Yep. Be kind to each other. Enjoy each other's company. Watch some good shows. And just show Watch love and be James kind. Bond. Yes. Watch some James TV Bond. shows that we recommend. Exactly. All right. We got to go. All right. Later, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.